0: Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm reach Nord. On today's Women on the Line, I speak with LA based poet, performer, teaching artist, and ice cream connoisseur Maida Del Valle, who is down in Melbourne for the Footscray Community Arts Centre's Poetic Days weekend. She's performing at the One Night Stands event, which this year is showing off an amazing women only lineup. She's also conducting some workshops as part of the Poetic Days weekend. Our feature song for today's Women on the Line is called Vida Linda by an MC named Myverse, who might have mentioned later on in the show. I want to ask you about your flight.
1: And how you got into <laughs> Melbourne, and if you're
0: kind of jet lagged asleep. Oh, I'm um, totally know.
1: delirious and slap happy right now. I don't even, my body is still in the past, even though, like, well, the, like my, yeah, I'm just not, I'm in the future right now, <laughs> which is fantastic. I talked to my friend and he goes, wait, what day is it right now? And I'm like, you're still in yesterday. So um, it's Thursday for me. He's like, that's crazy. It was like Wednesday afternoon. So I was like, I'm in the future. It's like it's a little bit mind-blowing. It's kind of right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So in your own words, what do you do?
1: Hmm. Okay. Um I write poetry. I perform poetry. I tell stories. Um, sometimes I sing. Sometimes I play drums with an Afro-Puerto Rican dance and drumming group in L.A. and I dance with them. And when I'm not doing that, I'm traveling to different schools and universities doing workshops. And um, when I'm not doing that, I teach part-time with a nonprofit organization in Los Angeles. So I work with um, a group of young incarcerated women and I teach at a couple of Los Angeles area high schools.
0: That's amazing. That's a is, lot. Is shit. it a lot can now I that curse? you've just can said that? Yeah, of course you can. <laughs> no, you can go. like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, 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 it's a can. lot of shit. And wow.
1: Different shit.
0: <laughs> Have you ever like written down all of the stuff you do within a month? Have you ever done something like that or is that a little bit too overwhelming?
1: No, I've never done that. Mm. I should do that.
0: See how you got – I did it once. <laughs> I was a little bit overwhelmed um, at the bottom of the page, but –
1: it's kind of nice to look right? Yeah, because then there's like cooking, which yeah. I really like to do. And then there's like cleaning and organizing random shit. And then the other day I was like beating necklaces and bracelets for somebody. And then like a couple of weeks ago, I was like hand stamping the covers of chapbooks and stapling <laughs> some together. So yeah, I fancy myself rather crafty. So, <laughs> so what
0: motivates you to keep doing I've written here to keep doing it all but that might be a little mm. bit much but in terms of like the poetry and in terms of mm. the
1: teaching what motivates you to keep doing all of that the poetry I can't I don't ima- I can't imagine my life without it I think I just I like if I were to think about my life and not having words and not having writing in it I don't think it would make sense something would feel awry um so there's that um there's also the fact that um brown women's voices are few and far between back home in the states so there's a certain sense of responsibility i feel sometimes too um and the teaching like i i don't think i would have been a writer if i didn't have People who encouraged me and who were mentors to me, and saw my gift and my talent, and and really pushed me to kind of go after it. So I feel like if I can be that for another young person, then then you know things are kind of full circle. And it's ironic because I didn't do a lot of the community work for a long time. I got caught up in L.A., you know, trying to do the Hollywood thing, and I went thinking I was going to focus on being a performer and an actor. And it just didn't turn out that way. And I ended up back in the nonprofit world, which is where I started in Chicago when I was 15, 16 years old, um, working with this organization where, you know, the kids come hang out at the office and we do writing workshops. It was very similar to how I started. So, yeah.
0: Amazing. (laughs) Um, You mentioned responsibility and I feel like that kind of, notion is very universal and one Mm. that um, people of colour, women of colour probably hold most of that burden um, to be honest do you want to unpack that a little bit more and kind of explain what what that looks like and how you work with that
1: for me um, I think it's specifically referring to an ancestral thing for me like an ancestral responsibility that I feel because I mean, just even looking at one generation removed, like my mother's generation, she wasn't able to go to school. She wasn't able to do what she wanted to do. Um, My grandmother probably, you know, could barely read, you know, knew how to sign her name. And maybe that was about it. (laughs) Um, And that's two generations removed. So um, the fact that I kind of feel called to this, that, um, that I have from a very young age and that I've had success at an early age in, in this arena, you know, in this, in this art form is to me indicative that this, you know, I'm on the right path. Like I'm doing, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and so I guess I don't know the responsibility is, is maybe sometimes my attempt to, to find some purpose in it too. Like, what am I really doing this for? And who is this for? It's not just for me, um, cause it's not that self-absorbed, um, even though the stories are personal but it's not just for me and so um and I think I just remember what it's like to be to have been that young girl who turned on the tv or flipped open a magazine and didn't see herself anywhere or what it was like for somebody to hand me the anthology from the New Eureka Poets Cafe when I was 16 years old and to open it up and see people whose last names sounded like mine or to see women in that book whose stories sounded so similar to mine, you know, um, or going to a bookstore and seeing Sonia Sanchez for the first time when I was, you know, 15. And that was the first book of poetry that I ever bought. So, um, so yeah, but, but it's a unique kind of thing, the responsibility, because I don't think, um, writers, non of color writers, Feel that necessarily same sense of responsibility. Yeah, yeah. I guess that's privilege. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's what that is. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um,
0: I read that your work explores recovery of ancestral memory mm-hmm. in the modern day diaspora, and that mm-hmm. really like stood out to me mm-hmm. um, and stuck. And you kind of touched on that just then. Yeah. What What does that mean?
1: Um. Woo! Well, when your first generation, you know, when your parents are not from the country that you're born and raised in, um, I think there's always one person in the family whose, whose job it is to record and remember and recover and uncover, right? Because in in the remembering, there's a lot of things that come to light that have maybe been hidden in our, in our family stories and stuff like that, um, and when you start to do that that digging and that homework, you realize how many of the traumatic stories get repeated from one generation to the next, right? And so it's that storyteller in the family that tries to uncover that cycle and break that cycle in some kind of way. So the recovery of ancestral memory kind of becomes like a spiritual practice of sorts, right? And so that might take you in a whole bunch of different ass directions. Like for me, it, it took me away from, you know, being born and raised Catholic and and really delving into African diasporic religions and eventually like back onto onto the path of of practicing in a traditional African religion. That <laughs> is like and that's how it showed up for me because nobody ever talks about the fact that my grandmother was in, was a spirit medium. You know, and was, yeah, was Catholic and was very devout and prayed the rosary, but also had this other practice, this kind of folk religion practice that was very common in Puerto Rico. And nobody really talks about that. And, you know, um, for me, it was always, as a kid, I was like, well, where do I come from? And why do I look like this? And why do I do this? And why do I do that? And so it was kind of uncovering some of those stories um, became part of that, of that spiritual journey, too. So, that's kind of the stuff that I'm, I'm writing more about these days. I'm
0: speaking with poet, performer and teaching artist Maida Del Valle about representation and what that looks like to her. You touched on representation, which mm-hmm. is something that I talk a lot um, about on Women on the Line. When you talk about representation, mm-hmm. are you talking about like the media and the mass media and Hollywood? Mm-hmm. Um or are you talking about like social capacity and like feeling like you can represent yourself or that you are valid or valuable enough to
1: share your story mm. or is it a mixture of i think both? it's both right yeah. because i think um the fact that that we sometimes don't see ourselves in mass media um can have some people thinking that our stories aren't being wor- are aren't worth being heard right and so um yeah, just the fact like the the fact that I get up on a stage to tell a story even if it's if it's personal is political and it's even in and of itself. The fact that my brown body, like child of two immigrant people whose first language was Spanish, getting up on a stage and being heard is a political act. You know. Um so yeah, I mean I think I'm I'm still I still struggle sometimes or I I deal with that idea of, of no, I do have something to write about, I do have something to say, and it's worth hearing, right? Um, And yeah, and I mean, looking at representation in the mass media, and the diversity of representation that is lacking, not just in, oh, we have this many brown people, yellow people, red people on TV, right? Or this many gay people, or trans people, or whatever, but but the stories that are told, right? So the kind of stereotypical representations. So it's like, okay, so we're on TV, but there's also like th- that's not necessarily enough. Just to be on TV is not enough, right? Because there's a whole range of stories in our communities that um, that you don't get to hear. Like we're not just in the ghetto. We're not just these, you know, Accented <laughs> Spanish-speaking Sofia Vergara, who's who's amazing, you know. But like, shoot, you know, like we go to college, we own businesses, like we have, you know, seats on the Supreme Court in the United States. I'm, I'm speaking from like a, a Latino perspective, but it's like so. There's stories. There's other stories there too, you know. There's there's a range of things that are happening that 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 stories that aren't being told um and so it's not that the other ones are not valid they are um but there's other stories that people don't realize it's like we know we're in all walks of life and we contribute to all different facets of society and so those things should be seen also yeah
0: on community radio around australia you're listening to women on the line go to 3cr.org.au forward slash women on the line to download this week's program don't forget you can like us on facebook and follow us on twitter uh, I was watching a video of a performance that you did mm. at um, a rally, like raise the wage, yeah, rally in LA, January. Wow, <laughs> so great. Um, and I think that speaks to a lot of what you were saying in terms of kind of ownership of representation, mm-hmm. perspective of representation. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned that existing in like that kind of visible space or capacity is inherently political, no mm-hmm. doubt. So how have you used your art and your writing and your singing and dancing Mm. and all of it (laughs) to
1: convey that kind of political message? Okay. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story. So, (laughs) so I got invited to perform at the White House back in 09. um, And it was pretty, you know, I was really awestruck at the opportunity and um, there's a particular poem that I guess I'm kind of known for that people you, know, you can find very easily on YouTube and that w- when I do shows, people are like, do mommy's making mambo, do mommy's making mambo, which is, you know, this very upbeat, joyful, funny, humorous piece about um, my mom in the kitchen, right, um, and my mom cooking and my mom kind of trying to to pass down and transmit right these these this cultural identity through food transmit these this cultural identity through these very specific family recipes that she was like if you don't learn how to do this it's gonna be lost and so I did that piece on Broadway I did that piece a couple different you know videos like it was and I love that piece but I was starting to kind of go down this other path and explore different things themes and I felt like my writing was getting a little bit more f- sophisticated and it was just shifting the way that I was writing the things that I was writing about were just shifting so I get invited to go to the White House and I had been having this this poem in the back of my head that was coming to me and I knew it was like about my grandmother and it was about grandmothers and so when the invitation came and I knew for sure that I had been confirmed that I was going to do it I knew that immediately that that was a poem that I wanted to do. And so I needed to finish it. And I got a call from um, my old director who was going to be kind of helping facilitate and directing the flow of the evening that night at the White House. He's like, well, why don't you just open up what Mommy's making, and I said, no, I'm not doing that piece at the White House. I did that piece for six months on Broadway. Anybody can watch it on YouTube if they want to see that. That's not what I want to do. This is what I want to do. you know." And I felt like... um, there were a couple different things that I, I I wanted to represent with that piece. One was that ancestral connection, um, you know, the the cultural identity, hip hop, um, and and a very personal story that that people could relate to, and I thought it couldn't have been more relevant because Obama's. Grandmother, you know, like the, 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 the Michelle Obama's mother was living in the White House, right? His grandmother had died on the eve of him winning the election as the first black president in the United States. Um, and so, yeah, so I ended up, that's the piece that I ended up doing at, um, at the poetry evening.
2: Grandmother, our common thread began in my mama's womb. Spun my fetus like a record in her cipher, sampled your stubborn and mixed in her father's posture. Our connection is full circle. Abuela, you bear of children. You seer of spirits. You are truly miraculous. You are the whispers of litanies and white tablecloths. Your melody is captured in the spilled candle wax of my skin. My tongue's a broken needle, scratching through the grooves of a lost wisdom, trying to find a faith that beats like yours. What secrets do your bones hold? What pattern does your dust settle into when I beat these drums inside my ribs? What color was the soil of your grandmother's garden? Grandma, how did you pray? Did you store the memory of your creator in strands of hair tucked into scented soap boxes or placentas buried under avocado trees? What reservoir did you pull your faith from? Was it anything like this gumbo, this sancocho, this remix of rituals and chants sampled from muscle memory and spirits that visit my dreams that I struggle to stir into discipline to honor the unseen with these shells, this sage, these rudrashka and rosary beads, these white candles, crystals, statues, this sweet water water, honey, rum, and sweet grass. Abuela, how did you pray before someone told you who your God should be? How did you hold the earth in your hands and thank her for its fecundity? Did the sea wash away your sadness? How did you humble yourself before your architect? Did you lower yourself to your knees or rock to the rhythm of ocean waves like I do? Grandma, how did you pray? Some say faith is for the weak or small-minded, but I search for your faith everywhere. Need it to reassemble myself whole from these shards of Chicago ice and island breezes so I can rewrite the songs of your silence and pain your lonely fists broken tooth smile and burdens into a medley of mantras wish you could have shown me its shape but I know it's in every sacred breath in the shadow of trees that you visit me in in the flicker of flames I stare into searching for what's divine and I know my body is the instrument my maker uses to rearrange the broken chords of your history into a new symphony for my unborn children's feet to dance to and I see you grandmother gathering with your sister to chant the name of the living and the dead, and remind us all that we're the gathered in marble temples around the midnight fire or block party speakers. We have always raised our hands to the sky, trying to touch the invisible force that holds these cells together into a fragile mass. Children of different nations with the same vibration. We be sound to beat, to base, to bone, to flesh. We be sound to beat, to base, to bone, to flesh. We are all truly miraculous Miraculous. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, that was Women on the Line. Women on the line.
1: <laughs> I don't I don't know what the slam scene is like now because I'm not I don't really compete like that anymore. But it was definitely a male dominated space. And I would say that I was very aware of being a woman uh, in that arena because I'd oftentimes be the only one. Um, I mean, it was mostly people of color, so I think that was kind of like, okay, you're, you're with your people, but it was always, it was so many times, so many open mics, performances, slams, competitions, That was the only woman. And I remember I won a slam one time at the New Yorican Poets Cafe, and uh, I think I was the only girl slamming that, that, that night. There were five poets. And a couple of weeks later I saw one of the guys that I beat and he just he was like, "Oh, you're that girl who beat me at the slam last week." And I was like, "Yeah, I'm that girl. I'm that girl. I'm that woman." <laughs> you know. And I, I I did hear it come back to me on like one or two occasions that people were like, "Oh, the only reason she won the National Poetry Slam is cuz she was cute." Right. Because she's pretty. Not because I fucking put in time. Not because I sat my ass down and did the work. Not because I was talented. Right. Not because I had something to say, but because <laughs> I, I mean, I am kind of cute. You but are cute. Shit. But, you know, I mean, it's just like it's it's this constant. Um, even now, still, sometimes, you know, I think that's something that women are constantly, you know, you think people of color got to work like twice as hard. Everyone says you got to work twi- twice as hard as anybody else, just to like, you know, just to get half the same opportunities that they do, man, women got to work like 10 times harder than all that put together. So, um, and still we'll get paid, you know, less, less than men do for doing the same fucking work. (laughs) Um, It doesn't phase me now. Like I just get up and do what I have to do. But I think I'm, as I've, I've gotten older, I think I'm becoming more aware of yeah, of of what, of just the things how uh, men don't even realize their privilege, or just don't don't even are so oblivious to the ways in which they um, play down women's gifts and talents. Like there's this uh, this girl I know who's an MC from from Florida, and she's really she's a really she's in Rock Steady Crew. We're both in Rock Steady Crew together. Her name's My Verse. And um, you know she's she's gorgeous. She's a beautiful girl. She's also a really dope MC, and she's winning you know all these rap battles left and right. And somebody posted something about her the other day. Oh, she's so beautiful. Oh yeah, and she can rhyme right. Like she's like the first thing the, the beautifully you know the the gorgeous and talented. Like, do you hear them say anything about men like that? Do men's physical attributes ever become? part of their bio or like a part of the description of men do we ever describe oh you know those tight abs the fine ass oh and also very you know amazing actor Idris Elba like oh yeah he's fine but you know it's always the the accomplishments and the gifts first but it's not it's not the same with women so (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, the patriarchy! Oh, the patriarchy! I'm becoming more and more of a feminist in my old age, which is a good thing. You're in the right place!
0: Yay! So you're in Melbourne for the Footscray Arts Centre Poetic yes. Days weekend.
2: Yes.
1: What is that? One night stanza. Um, it's man, it's this amazing event I got invited to come do out here that's going to have an all-female lineup for, I think, the first time ever. And I think that's really fresh, and that's really amazing and really necessary and super cool. And I'm excited to hear the other poets that are going to be here. Um, so I'm doing um, an open-to-the-public master class on Saturday, and then the performance is Saturday night, like the big show, and then there's a creative development workshop that I'm doing on Sunday. So I'm doing a couple different things while I'm here. I'm
2: excited. I get to do awesome. this awesome radio show. Yeah. yeah! <laughs> this makes you want to And
0: you can hear my laugh. we in it now. My life's a weekend huh. If you want to get in contact with Maida and check out more of her work, jump on maidadelvale.com. You can find all details on 3cr.org.au/women-on-the-line. For more information about Poetic Days Weekend, you can hit up footscrayarts.com and Footscray Community Arts Centre on Facebook. Women on the Line is Community Radio's national women's current affairs program. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate the financial support of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email at womenontheline at hotmail.com. Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from our website, 3cr.org.au/slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by Le And the feature song for today's episode is called Vida Linda by an MC named Myverse. Thank you for listening to Women on the Line. I'm a regional and I hope you can tune in again next
2: time.